All right, Romans 14. And for one of the first times in my life, I actually made it through a chapter. Thought about, thought about cutting it off, but then I was like, no, it all just goes together, so I, I really should finish it, and I did. All right, so we're going to read the whole chapter, then we'll get into it. <clears throat> As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in, in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. All right. So, uh, before we get into each verse, I want to just start out by making it very clear that this passage is dealing with issues that are not uh, primary, more like secondary, tertiary, murky areas of the Bible where, where like, you may not exactly say. Um, is, we're going to go through a whole bunch of examples. Um, so there are absolutes that we, that we must not back down from, such as, you know, Jesus is God. Jesus lived a sinful life. Jesus was crucified, you know, paid for the, for the sins of anyone who believes in him. Jesus rose from the dead. That the scriptures are divinely inspired and authoritative. Those are things that we can't back down from. Those are things that if somebody disagrees with it, you know, we, we take issue with that. Um, this passage is not about those. This passage is about, you know, like I said, I have all types of things. It's about the type of stuff that you hear with, like playing cards, uh, you know, type of dress you're supposed to wear, um, alcohol, um, 
politics, you know, stuff like that. The Bible may not specifically say stuff on. We can each have our convictions, um, but it's dealing with those and how Christians deal with one another in regards to those things. <clears throat> so, right off the bat, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. So, first of all, if there is disagreement on, on these secondary issues, again, not the, not the first, the primary ones that are absolutes, we are still to welcome that person into fellowship. And then, furthermore, we are not to have the, pur- the purpose of quarreling with that per- person. I, I think we all are on board that you know, respectful dis- discussion and understanding through disagreement is okay, but those discussions should not diminish the fellowship and community of the church. The focus needs to be on Christ, and if those things take it off Christ, really, those things should just be left behind. Now, you know, and to be, to be fair, there are some things that, that we may feel strongly about, um, but I think we, you know, like, for instance, uh, you know, we just went through earlier, we've got, like, Calvinism versus... Arminianism, or whatever you want to view that. Uh, we did Revelation. We've got eschatology, um, things like that that people feel very strongly on. Uh, but I think that we're all on board that they're not the primary issues that we just talked about. That those issues should not be what's breaking the fellowship of a church. And and when you think about those two, there's there are things that the church won't won't agree on until. Like, with eschatology, it won't agree on until it's happened. <laughs> then, we'll, then we'll know and hopefully we agree. I mean, with the, with the grace of God, we'll be able to agree at that point, I hope. Um, you know, and so they can be things like that that, you know, and to be fair, you know, like Calvinism um, or Arminianism or eschatology, those are important things. You know, the Bible talks a lot about them. Um, and so they can range from things that you're like, they're not primary. You know, you can make an argument they're, they're pretty up on the secondary list. Um, all the way down to things like, you know, is it okay to wear jeans in church? Um, which, you know, which may sound funny, but, you know, as most of you know, I guarantee in many churches there's some old folks who grind their teeth a bit when they see somebody walk in with a pair of jeans. Um, so, like I said, ranging all the way from like, yeah, it's fairly important, all the way down to most of us would be like, okay, like... That's, what's the big deal? Um, so verse two, uh, one person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. I call this the Mr. Merva verse. The weak person eats only vegetables. The strong person eats meat, right, Mr. Merva? Exactly. Exactly. Very clear here. Merva. <laughs> but really, uh, this was, this was more, of, this is a, more of a cultural issue at the time that you had a few different groups here. You had Christians who used to be pagans, um, and they believed in other gods, and they sacrificed to other gods, and now they've been converted to Christianity, but they still may struggle a little bit with these other gods that they used to, used to believe in, used to, used to worship, and they may struggle with the, the fact that like, this meat was offered to that god that I used to serve. Um, so that could be a weakness for them. You also have Jews who have converted to Christianity um, but have had uh, eating and following a kosher lifestyle bred into them and, and just drilled into them since they were a child. You know? so, so suddenly being like, you don't have to follow kosher laws. You know? 
that might be really hard for them. Um, and then you have other Christians that are, that are saying like, no, 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 it's all clean. It doesn't really make a difference. Um, and I think, and Paul kind of makes it clear here, and then if we, I'll look at a couple of verses like Matthew fifteen eleven. Um, where Jesus says, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. And then I also want to hit real quick on Acts 10, verses 9 through 16. This is Peter's vision. Um, and he became hungry, wanted something to eat, but while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance, saw the heavens opened, and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, <clears throat> Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has made clean do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up, one, up at once to heaven. <clears throat> and so those two kind of combined with, like I said, Paul makes it kind of clear here, where he's saying, like, I am convinced that all things are clean, <clears throat> Sorry. <coughs> yeah, we can all cough. A little cough break there. Um, you know, and Paul's making it very clear that, that, that yes, the, the proper scriptural view is that it really doesn't matter what, what you eat. It matters what's in your heart. Um, that God has made all things clean. That's, that's, the, that's the fully biblical view. But he's saying here, that's not... <coughs> it's, yeah, another cough break. We got it. <coughs> Good. We need another one. Just everyone raise their hands. Um, so he's saying this is the biblical view, but this isn't a, this isn't a key issue. This isn't something to fight over. Um, you're going to have people that struggle with this, and we need to be you know, welcoming them and mindful of this struggle that they have. And he, let's see. Oh, yeah. So a good, a good modern-day example of this would be alcohol. Um, there, there are... Uh, you know, a number of Christians out there, you know, maybe not as many as there used to be, but who would say, you know, a drop of alcohol should never touch the lips of a Christian. And, and you know, however, you know, you really look into the Bible and you see um, that, yes, the Bible denounces drunkenness, but there doesn't seem to be an issue with responsible, moderate drinking. And to be, to be sure, you know, it may be very wise for certain people to avoid alcohol altogether, uh, but it is not a sin to drink responsibly and moderately. However, it is a sin to denounce those who drink responsibly or to denounce those who completely abstain. As it says here in verse 3, Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Um, you know, so kind of as, as I've been saying, the, in any case of disagreement on a secondary or, ter or tertiary issue, the issue is not the important thing. The important thing is to love our brothers and sisters in the Lord. You know, if a person is a believer, we are to love and welcome that per person regardless of the secondary disagreements we may have. Um, and this is really crucial because, you know, as you think about it, how many people do you know who agree with you on absolutely everything. I don't know many. Perfect. You guys need to be more honest with each other. Uh, 
You know, so if you think about it, if, if we were to take issue with everything that like, oh, we don't agree on that and this and that, the church would be a lonely and a sad place. Um, and like I said, we, we do have to agree on the primary issues, but once we get past that, we need to move past that to we love our brothers and sisters and we can get past issues that we disagree on that aren't the, the important matters. Um, so verse 4. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. And so this is another important uh, point considering these types of issues. Uh, no, No matter how convinced you are that a person is wrong, in a large sense, that's none of your business. Um, We are each to serve God, you know, God is our master, to the best of our ability, and we should concern ourselves with our own business is we will each have to answer to God. And it gets this, I'll read a couple verses down. You know, in verse 10, it says, Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. So, you know, don't worry that things won't work out if you don't personally sort them out. God has got it. He is fair. He is just. He will sort it out. We will all have to answer to him. I'm sure there's things, you know, that each of us will say, you know, you did good on that. And there's things where like, uh, you kind of missed on that one. You know, we're all gonna, we're all gonna be there in the, in a similar boat probably. And we're all gonna have those things we fall short on. And that's, Like, for Mr. Merva, that's Mr. Merva's business with God. For me, that's my business with God. It goes that way for for all of us. And another thing about minding your own business is it's a a fairly scriptural thing. Um, I'll bring up a couple examples. Uh, In Matthew 20, verses 10 to 16, I I won't go there, but it's the one with the, uh, the laborers in the vineyard. You know, as, as they work through the day um, and he keeps going out and he grabs, gra- keeps grabbing more until he finally grabs some that only work an hour. You know, and the people that worked all day come up and they're all upset. And he's basically like, you know, I agreed with you to pay you a denarius. You know, and I paid you a denarius. What is it to you what I pay these other people? Like, that's my business. I'm the master. I'm the one paying. I agreed with you. You agreed at the time. You know, this is a fair transaction. And like... So what, is, what business of yours is it how I deal with this other person? Uh, another example uh, would be uh, when, uh, at the end of John when Peter's talking to, to Jesus and Jesus you know, says, feed my lambs, feed my lambs, feed my lambs. And then he says uh, something about John. You know, what if he, you know, is, is it true he's, he, won't, you know, he won't die or something like that? Sorry, I'm... Yeah, until the Lord comes. Yeah, and, and Jesus said to him, you know, what is it to you? Pretty much. Basically, like, that's none of your business. Like, what your business is what you, is yours. You know, as far as John and what's going to happen to him, that's between John and God. And then another proverb that I happened to uncover in this search that I thought was a nice little gem. Let me turn there. Proverbs twenty six seventeen. Whoever meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears. You know, you get the picture. Not a great idea. It's not your business. There's a dog who's minding his business, and you go, yank. Suddenly, you're in a little bit of trouble. 
and for nobody's fault but your own. Um, so anyway, back to Romans 14. So right here in verse 4, the Bible says here that this Christian brother that you disagree with, and perhaps he is you know, technically wrong in this issue, he will be upheld. Why is that? Because God is able to make him stand. You know, not based on his own righteousness or his own wisdom or his proper stance on whatever secondary issue, but because God is able to make him stand. Um, and thank God for that. You know, not just for our brothers, but for ourselves. You know, we've got all these, I mean, you, you read any of the church fathers, any, anybody that you bring up that you're, that you're like, oh, this is a great theologian to read, almost without fail. There's almost always like a, oh, he's great. He really nails this and this. There's almost always a, but, you know, he took a weird view on this or that. You know, and I'm sure that almost all of us are kind of have something like that. And, but God is able to make him stand. Um, <clears throat> let's see. And so really it just comes down to faith in God. We understandably don't have a lot of faith in other people, you know, or in ourselves, really. Um, but we must have faith in God and not quarrel over secondary issues, even when we're sure we're right. Rather, we should follow his, his instructions of, one, you follow me. You know, worry about you following me. And two, love your Christian brothers. So verse five. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. So this brings up a separate issue, but the same type of idea, another secondary issue, and this is about esteeming days. You know, we still deal with this, uh, maybe not quite as harshly as, as, uh, as they did at the time, but you have the Sabbath. You know, you have these Jews that are coming, and they're like, the Sabbath is this day. Um, and Christians who, who are going with the Lord's day. You also have these festivals um, that the pagans are kind of bringing in, you know, and we still get that a bit with like Christmas. You mentioned it last week with with, you know, you could see how Duane was kind of anti-Christmas. Uh, well, at least, not anti-Christ birth, but anti-the holiday of Christmas. And you can see why. Um, and this is exactly what this is talking about. I mean, we even, we're in this church here where the Seventh-day Adventists, you know, feel uh, convicted that Saturday is the day to worship. Um, and so we still have that going on in a lot of ways. Um, and really, to verse 6, it gets, it, uh, gets into... Uh, the one who observes the day observes it in the honor of the Lord. You know, so we should be fully convinced in our own mind. It says in verse 5, each one should be fully convinced in our own mind. Um, and so basically, we should do what we believe to be right, uh, so long as it doesn't go against Scripture, and we are doing it to honor the Lord. <clears throat> and then basically, 6 says, all these things, um, though, you know, sadly, they do create huge disagreements within the church, and wrongly, but all these things, you know, these different types of meetings that people have, um, what days, you know, whether you celebrate the holidays, how you do it, um, they're fine. They're, they're all fine, as long as they are done in the honor of the Lord. <clears throat> and, as we're seeing here, as long as they are done personally and not interfering with other believers. Verses 7 and 8. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. So basically continuing that thought that no matter what we do, 
We need to be focused on serving the Lord, that God is our master and our sole goal is to do anything and everything for him. And so basically a couple of verses here on what our attitude really needs to be like. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of the Lord. So these, <clears throat> these issues that, that aren't the primary issues, you know, whether you, whether, you eat, uh, whether you eat food that was served to idols and you're fine with that, whether you drink alcohol, um, just whatever you do, do it to the glory of the Lord. Make sure you have a clear conscience and do it to the glory of the Lord. Don't go against the scriptures. <clears throat> Colossians 3.23 Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Again, the same idea. No.